Hey, what up? Ryuji here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Two Rowdy Vegans Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Friday. And today we got a very special episode with our friend Josh Lajani. Now, Josh used to be 400 pounds, and he's now an ultra marathon runner. Super inspiring dude. Uh, his book came out not too long ago, and uh, it's called Sick to Fits. And, uh, you know, had the pleasure of talking to him at a conference that I was at with Renee. And uh, this episode is just really inspiring. You know, this is the biggest takeaway that I got away from it is I just walked away from this conversation feeling so inspired to really step it up and become a better person and really crush my goals and, you know, just just get an incredible life and, and do better for the animals. But in any case, I hope that you enjoy this podcast. See you inside. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. 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 Two, two rowdy vegans, one plus one equals two rowdy vegans. Yeah, here we are with the two rowdy vegans, and we have with us the amazing Josh Lawani. Lajani. Lajani. You Close know, enough. I, I always say Lawani. You know who corrected me today? <laughs> no, it? yesterday. You're going to love it. Paul. Paul Berry. <laughs> he's on our board of directors now. Awesome. He has That's been. Great. He has been for months, and he's like my right arm in our rancher advocacy <laughs> program. That's awesome. I know. He said, you'd be sure you tell Josh. Lajani, hello. I said, you mean Josh Lawani? He yeah. said, no, Renee, it's Lajani. <laughs> We're so glad to, that he's, you're here and that you got to sit down with us. He's something. I miss Paul. I know. I hadn't seen him in a minute. I get to talk to him thanks every for, day. No, but thanks for having me. I love I love everything that you do. And, I've, and uh, I remember meeting you in Sedona and, you know. You're a sweetheart. You remind me of so many people in my family and extended family that I've grown up with and grown to love all of my life that are not vegan cattle ranchers now, though. You know? I know. <laughs> my God. I was just, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, you know, when cattle ranchers go vegan, <laughs> doctors go vegan, uh, coon, coon asses, asses go, go vegan. vegan. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> we're we like critical mass. It's terminal. Get over it. Right. Just to introduce Josh real quick. So, uh, Josh, you just did a talk, and I the, the name of the talk really caught me before coming here. And I think you called it something like from a 400-pound couch potato to an ultra-marathon runner or something like that. Right, right, right. Um, which I thought was, was incredible. Your story was really inspirational. But uh, Josh is someone who basically went through an incredible transformation. And, uh, you know, through your journey of finding your best self, you became an ultra-marathon runner. And in particular, this point in your talk that really... Uh, resonated with me or rather than resonated really really touched me you were talking about how you used to be someone who read uh, what was it runner's magazine mm -hmm. yeah and you were on the cover of it right yeah, yeah. Um, you know so you went all the way from literally being one of the consumers um, who could have you know you were just starting out your journey back then I guess yeah. to literally being on the cover uh, which is absolutely incredible so um, yeah, that's that's basically Josh's story in a, in a, in a nutshell. I don't know, yeah. is, is there anything else that you would like to add to, to kind of introduce yourself? Well, before I do that, yeah. before we do that, I'll, I'll, you don't really know this guy. Not not well. He's the but other he's half. he's freaking awesome. He's really nice, yeah. He's nice. <laughs> I like him so far. Not only is he nice. <laughs> we'll see how it is by the end of the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we hooked up, um, you know, we were at, we were, we were in Arizona. Yep. I met you in Arizona. Mm -mm, there's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Arizona's so, a so, magical place. Yeah, we were at this, what is it, a bed and breakfast or something, a B&B? &B? Airbnb. Yeah, and we were all staying in this Airbnb with Jane Velez Mitchell and Danny Rukin and oh, yeah, I don't know who all. Of energy. And then, and then here is Ryuji with his girlfriend, Rain, and, you know, all of a sudden we're 
playing uh, a, a song that we wrote. What was it called? Vegan World 2026. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all singing wrote, in the yeah. we're all singing in the living room, and you know, and uh, and you know, I'm presenting, Jane's presenting, and I don't know. We just hit it off, and. I'm 61. I started to say I'm 23, but I act like it. I'm 61. We can, we can do that too. <laughs> he can dress you up really old. And he's 21 and I'm 60. I'm, I'm 23. 23. 23. No, wait. He's 23, y'all. I'm 61. Now, who would have thought, right? And then here we are interviewing you. I told him he had to come down here from Las Vegas. Los Angeles. <laughs> you can't get anything right. I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. You are. <laughs> anyway, all the way from Los Angeles because I told him I want to go hear Josh. Oh, he's right I down am the street. So flattered. Isn't that the truth? And I love bonding. Don't get me wrong, Doctor Charlie and all. Yeah. But when I heard your story, seriously, in all seriousness, y'all. When I heard your story and your passion, your, um, you know, what truly comes through you is, is, is so real. It's so raw. It's just what we need. Everybody that's struggling, mm -hmm. that doesn't think they can do it, mm -hmm. they need whatever it is that you've managed to put through your body. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just love, you know? It's just love. We got fat doing, trying to do love. Like, that's what I did when... It, we were doing love, you know, and I could convince you real well with a bar, with a pot of crawfish, a, a plate of fried speckled trout or a steak. I could convince you that I love you with that food really well. I'm still just convincing people that I love them. It's just in a different way, you know, so I use that love that I learned from my family to help people avoid some things that took that very family from me so it's like this big beautiful circle that i get to live you know like where i get to use this love that at one time it was a toxic imitation yeah the manifestation of it in my life was like a toxic imitation and now it's real and true and pure and it's not just for the people i know in the immediate vicinity of my being it's for everyone as i love you and i love you literally yeah with all of my heart and see what's what you're what you're explaining right here is our love of tradition, our love of family, yeah. our love of you know, and how we've centered our dining table around this love, and how we've actually taught our loved ones, mm -hmm. you know, to love food like we do. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, so they love food literally like we do, and we're loving them to death, aren't we? I know. We have. It's so ironic because in in Lafouche Parish, like the, the, where I live, so we live on uh, by Lafouche. And we take our food very seriously, right? But that's the that's the the slogan for Bay Lafouche is dig in. Like the, there's a big fork as soon as you get there, and then you know the the, the ubiquitous uh, slogan of you know we eat to live. You say that again though. That slogan. Uh, eat to we eat. But we the, eat to no, live. the one that I was, mean dig in. Dig yeah, in. dig in. Dig in. And, uh, and like with a fork, yeah. you well, know, because Lafouche means fork in Lafouche. French. Lafouche. That's what I was trying to get at. Lafouche means word. fork in French. Lafouche. Means Lafouche means the fork in French. So there's a big sign with a fork, right? At least the fork. I, I don't know if the fork is pork, but it would be nice if the fork was poking into a tomato or something. That would make me feel a lot better, you know. But I know most of the forks up and down the bayou are digging into. A, a link of boudin or a steak or something like that. Really? Or, yeah, or, or a pot of deer sauce pecan or these things that we just love. 
but we we love them so much we won't turn a pragmatic eye towards the consumption of them so so much so that we're willing to die over it yeah and we know that you know you're tired of telling your story but we have an audience that may may not have ever heard your story yeah and so people tell me this all the time the reason i know i'm like do i have to tell my story one more time if i have to say red trailer one more time <laughs> tell you know? me about it. and i get it you know so but people there's so many people that haven't heard your story and yeah if you can kind of tell it in a different twist today yeah, sure. about no, what happened I'll give, and, yeah i'll yeah. give you so grew up you know and in South Louisiana, which is a very specific place, very unique place, um, and in a special sort of a way too, because my grandfather, my Bam Bam, he had moved there from North Mississippi, right? So he wasn't really like an authentic Kunas. He wasn't really from there. Matter of fact, when he got there, most like a when you would go out into Choctaw or get deep into the swamp, um, he was laying a gas line back then through through that area. And most of these people were speaking French. And they didn't even understand that this redneck from Mississippi was telling them, hey, I'm about to dig a trench through your front yard. It's okay. I'm with whatever, whatever pipeline company. And they don't even speak the language, you know. And so I lived in a household where the 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 patriarch my bam bam what he wanted he was he was he felt like an outcast at times i'm sure but he was also mystified by the culture he fell in love with how unique it was he fell in love with the kunas's propensity to drink and eat and entertain and have a good time and tell lies and be loud he loved it Absolutely. Right? And so I did that my entire life, just following my Bam Bam's lead. And he was showing me as a North Mississippi man, you know, how to be a Cajun. You know, it's this weird thing. That's that's a real dynamic in my life, though. And so I took the best of both. I took, I took the, you know, the, the fat back of Mississippi and the boudin of South Louisiana. And that was our first. That was our food existence then. You know, it was white gravy and biscuits in the morning with my memo. And we would boil crawfish in the afternoon. You know, I mean, that's that was life. And living that life, just like my Bam Bam, I got really big and heavy. I was actually outpacing him. By the time I was 32, I weighed 420 pounds. 420 pounds. He was, you know, he probably stood 6'3 and weighed 380 my whole life. That was the man I looked up to. Bam Bam. I, I'll never My forget Bam that. Bam. You heard when he called his grandpa, his Bam Bam in Sedona. I looked at him and I, I was just like, for real. You know, you, that was your Bam Bam. You love that man. He, he taught me a lot. He was your role model. Oh, God, he, he taught, taught me a lot. You. And look, I had to, there's no doubt that I had to lay to rest some of the things that he taught me. Exactly. Right? Some of the isms that he taught me. Exactly. Right? That's where pragmatism comes in. The new ism in my life, like I can, I can, I can objectively look at the things I learned from my grandfather. Use the pragmatic, the 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 logic, the all of these, the the ingenuity, the innovation to make better decisions. The, mm. All of that stuff he taught me, ironically, is helping me step away from the path mm. he set me on. Yeah. Does it. that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. And so sense. it's a it's it's a very 
nuanced thing to go through in life and everyone's is oh, going to yeah. be different see my husband you know the same thing happened you know with him you know when he went vegan because you know he was raised to hunt yeah he was raised to fish he was you know raised whatever you kill you eat it and yeah. you know they they killed a possum or something one day and they, his dad made him fry it and eat it yeah you uh, know you know and you, a, you that's good eating yeah but you, you, <laughs> you're not supposed to but you, you got to kill what you eat right yeah, yeah, you got we, a black iron pot and a little onions and some potatoes you <laughs> Don't matter if it's a possum or whatever a you what, Yeah, it don't matter what yeah. you got. Oh, yeah, but anyway. Put it was, on rice, it'll eat. He was raised that way, yeah, like I, you. Yeah, me too, I know. And so now that he's, uh, you know, plant-based and, and all, and, you know, he still has friends, like you were talking about. You still have some of the same friends, so does he. Yeah. Now, some of them look at him a little strange, you know, like... Oh, I got a lot. I'd have left that woman a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine, right? Yeah, but so yeah, yeah, but so he's you know he's got that same that same thing. He still loves. There's something in him that still honors that tradition, even though he doesn't do it anymore. Right. It, it's a, it's 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 a tough place to navigate as a especially because I know him so well. Uh, you know, he he didn't hunt because he wanted a trophy on the wall, even though he put him no. on the wall. Even no. though he did. Yeah. He, it was, My trophy it was, was in the freezer. That's yeah, always that, what I was, said. And it was with the camaraderie. It and was the camaraderie? His, his dad, right. his uncles, his cousins, his everybody. This is what men do. And this is how you, you, you get close to one another. And then... His his nephew came along, and I saw him. This is what this is what did it for me. This is yeah. what I've watched. I saw him with his nephew in his lap. Yeah. Two or three, four years old. Kill his first deer. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And it was pr it was a moment of pride. Yeah. You know, for my husband, and a and a heartfelt moment of right. this is this is good stuff, or this sure. is how families do. Yeah. And that's real. You know, so for my husband to now be vegan and to be looking on yeah. this, some of this stuff now, um, with you know, it, it's it's just a difficult place to navigate because you still love these people, you still love, you yeah. honor the tradition because you remember it was sure. it's in you too. I remember having the blood smeared on my face yes. on my first year, and I, but but here's what's beautiful now, my my nephew. He just crossed the finish line of his first five of his first ten k this weekend, no. right? So he didn't run. His my my brother in law pushed him in the stroller. He's only he's just a baby, but he just pu pushed him in the stroller, and uh, he got across and he ran pretty much the whole last mile all by oh himself and ran across the thing. And I'm like, that's so that those touching stories about hunting and all, I get them. I've been there and done it, but it's we can feel that. We can answer the call of the wild by doing something actually wild. There's nothing wild about sitting in a folding chair in a box blind and squeezing a trigger. It's true. Sorry. Hate on me all you want. Wow. What do you think about all this? I mean, I know you're just taking this in. Yeah, I, th I thought it was interesting when you talked about that too. I remember in your yeah. talk, you were talking about that aspect of competition that you had. And yeah. with what you just talked about too... Uh, you know, it really got to me. Like, a lot of people in, in our community, you know, I'm very involved in the vegan community and the animal rights community. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of stereotypes on people who hunt. Or of course. A lot of things I get like it. A lot, a lot of people say a lot of things, right? Because it seems so horrible that people would, would just kill an animal outright. Um, I, like, I actually never really thought that for some reason. Like, I, I always kind of understood that. And, you know, it kind of never stood out to there's me. A, like, particularly yeah. There's a difference between the hunter... That pays a hundred thousand dollars to go to Africa and shoot a lion, yeah. right? And one yeah. that 
is making deer sausage. Like with, you know, husband, right? It, there's a difference there. Right. There's a, I, yeah. I'm sure there's a difference, yeah, and I'm also sure that in both cases, um, you know, and I guess it depends on people. Like everyone's everyone's different, but especially for people who are hunting, say. Um, for food, it seems to me like the intention is not necessarily like, hey, let's go kill animals. No, like, it is it, not like, at that's, all. That's it's, just the thing. Oh my you know, God. That, like you said, like could be other things. Like for other people, it might be sports, it might, you know, like it might be football, like basketball, like, what, like whatever it is that right. people do. Um, but it's all, it just so happens that this particular sport involves killing animals. There's a heaviness to it yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's appreciated by the hunters. Like you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a humbling feeling. I can only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. it's a humbling feeling to yeah. stand over a, a, a substantial creature that just a minute ago was just alive and living life. You know, um, and they you can coat it and you can you can try and mask it any way you want. There's a there's a definite mm-hmm. feeling that happens there, and I I think for the most part hunters. Uh, that they really respect the life of the animal and they see killing that animal as a necessary evil if you will because they're providing sustenance to their family and see it's a belief system see the thing is what he says is is exactly the truth because that is the belief system of that tribe and it's and it's an honorable system right so to step out of that system like I did, and I started watching those babies mm-hmm. go to the cell barn. Yeah, oh, and yeah. here I am on the outside looking in. I felt like Alice in Wonderland. Oh so yeah, literally. tell me about it. <laughs> and I, I would watch this, and then all of a sudden I would be all about the animals, and then I would have to go back in and be a, a wife that honored my husband's sure. livelihood and what he did, his For, tradition. I, I have mitigated these. I've separate. I've parsed these things out, like yeah. the hunting thing and the grocery store meat thing, because of this very dynamic that you're talking about, right? Yeah. So I have so many hunting friends, and rather than have them get away with being able to completely dismiss me, I can't go vegan because I'm a hunter. Right. I often tell them, don't, don't stop. How about how about this as a first step? Let's stop eating meat that you got from a CAFO. Because that's really, that's really what's hurting everybody more than anything. Yeah. That's what's hurting Mother Earth. It's hurting animals in mass. Entire species wouldn't even probably exist but for the fact that they tasty on the grill. Right. Um, so that's my first step with my hunting friends and like and i understand the power of what you're talking about with with the tradition and also as a person who wants to convey a message to people who need to hear it i have to find a way to meet them where they where are where they are right yeah. and so if you if 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 not going to your hunting camp and killing deer is not even in the picture for you that's fine but maybe we don't take the back strap and stuff it with cream cheese and wrap it with bacon Maybe we, how about we stop that? You know, <laughs> how about, how about, how about we don't fill up the camp cabinets with little Debbie cakes and ice cream in the freezer? How about we stop that? Right. All of these steps that can be taken before we ever address the hunting. And I would submit just like what your husband's running up against in his life. The longer you live that way and the more you are living just off of the animals, the less you'll want them, I bet. Oh, Tommy quit hunting long before mm-hmm. he was vegan. He didn't want to kill them anymore. Yeah. You know, our house used to be full of, you know, deer horns, deer heads. You know, my husband could remember every moment, you know, where he was. He could look at 
he could look at a deer on the wall and it's not they weren't on a wall because he liked the trophy yeah it was the memory of the time with his family yeah. He had these special I've memories got, locked into man, those those heads on the wall. I've got a European mount eight point in my office. I got a rattlesnake hide. I've got a I've got a, a, a elk hide. I've got a twelve pound flounder mounted that my grandfather caught. A five pound bass I caught in Sam Raven Reservoir on my very first uh, bait casting reel that I ever bought. Like I still and I'm not gonna get rid of any of these things. No, and see what vegans got to understand. I'm a vegan. But what, what the hardcore vegans out there that that really yeah. ditch hunters, ditch ranchers, you know, ditch you know these people, they got to understand that this goes deep. This is in the fabric of who we are as a, as a culture, you know. And to you, you have to meet us where we are. Sure. And if vegans could understand the power of us, like we country folk, we yeah. hard headed. If you yeah. ever do get us flipped. Oh yeah! So, so work with us here. Let us focus on heart disease and health, and 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 let the animal welfare of it sort of be something that happens in the wake of us making ourselves better. And don't constantly call us to the carpet for taking that tact. Because yeah. if you can get us on board. Um, it really helped the movement. I really think if you get if you get the flyover part of America in this movement, uh, we have to. It, it, it's it's it, you talk about a tipping point. You know? Yeah, I have people all all the time coming on to my Instagram, and he does all of my vid, vid content, all of my video content. Yeah, he produces it for me, uh, piece by vegan, and it's uh, it's remarkable what these one minute vids have done. He has dissected. My content, he goes through it. He knows what's real, what's going to yeah. reach people. And he can take some of this content, and people will respond. Hunters will come on, cattle ranchers, and are like, oh, my God, you know, all this stuff will start happening. And then invariably there will be people saying over and over, I'm so glad that you're there to bridge a gap. Yes, this I'm gap. I'm so glad you're there to bridge a gap. What most vegans don't understand is hunters are doing. some of the most authentic, human, yes. hardworking, give you the shirt off of their back human beings you they ever are. meet, bro. They And they'll be there for you. They'll change a tire for you in the rain. That's good people. That's good people. You can't reach them by saying what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. You, you know, because this is this is what they've always believed was not only right but righteous yeah you know and yeah. so it's uh you know we you know the way that the way that my husband got to his um his partner robert that just passed away about a year ago he passed away had cancer all over his, his body and you know he never would when soon when tommy went vegan he was his partner in the cattle business you know they used to move all the cows together work together hay together do all that and when Tommy went vegan. He wouldn't have anything to do with him. I mean, they were friends. That man introduced me to Tommy. Oh God, yeah, I know. Yeah, and 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 Robert pretty much disowned Tommy until he was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer, and he needed Tommy, and Tommy was there for him every of step of the way, all the way till his dying day. And do you know that Robert was vegan when he died? Yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was doing vegan smart shakes. He was eating, you know, vegan food because he started to do all this research and all. I don't know. He, he probably still ate an egg or something every yeah. now and again. But what he was doing is he had totally quit eating meat. Yeah. He had started putting vegan products in his body. He had started doing things on purpose. And my husband was able to be there with him 
all the way through that. It that, that was really healing for him. Yeah. You know? That's a beautiful thing to help other people. It yeah. really is. Yeah. That's been the biggest side effect of all of this to me. And another thing that my that I just feel like I'm conti- able to continue a legacy that my grandparents, you know, really set forth. They would always they would always be giving people like once my mom and my nanny moved out of their house, like they would I remember as a kid, it would be like giving people from the halfway house a place to stay and taking them on vacation, right? And doing all of these things, and 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 my story, my doing what I've been able to do, and and change my the before and after pictures. Of, like that's the people. It gets people's attention, right? But I've sure been does. able to use all of that stuff, making me better, to essentially, you know, help other people that are in this halfway house, that are in this place, where you're kind of in this limbo. Yeah. To kind of help get them out. Yeah. And you're meeting them where they are. Yeah, meeting them where they are. Yeah, that's all right, G. Yeah. Do it. That's right. That's you're gonna you're gonna stop doing that eventually. But I'm not gonna tell you about it right now. I mean, I'm you know? I'm the first one to tell you. I can't. You know, I'm I'm a true blue animal right. activist now. You know, I mean, I I can hardly stand it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I also know to to watch some of the footage to even go into the grocery store and go down an aisle. You know. Uh, it, there's a part of me that's that's gravely affected, yeah. uh, because you know I have crossed that great divide that yeah. divides us from you know who we really are. My God, who we really are is this compassionate, whole person that is capable of so much love and compassion that we would never consider harming another animal, and we've taken that very you know way that we are, and we've turned the killing of them into a tradition, right. When it should be, it should be, if it ever happens, a necessity. Yeah. If right? it ever, ever needs If to it happen. ever happens. Because I can kill. I've right. done it. Right. Right? And I think that in our natural existence, because that's another, like, the Joe Rogans of the world will get caught up on, well, oh, there was no way that they were vegan. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. We ate some dead stuff every now and then. We ate, we found a limping animal and killed it and ate it. Of course. Right. Of course. You know? Um, but generally speaking... To just have it on display like that, and as much as you want, I, it's I sickening, it's disgusting. I just thought of in my head while you were talking, and I just, I just flashed the the meat counter, and how different I look at it nowadays. You know, I gave, I put that that, I put that picture up there today mm-hmm. the of the ice chest full of meat because Sick. back I, there's a reason I took that picture back then. I was proud of that, you know. Yeah. And so now it's so weird. I go to the grocery store and I don't even make eye contact. I can't. I don't even look. It's not that I feel sorry for meat or I feel sorry for the cows, but I do. Under, I, it's just the absurdity of it all. Just completely. Yeah. It's crazy. It boggles my mind and I just can't even look at and it. See, I feel sorry for the cows because I live with them every day. I mean, they're, yeah. they're like my no, friends. No, I feel sorry me. for them, but it's not the thing that comes into my mind in that moment what comes into my mind in that moment is all the dudes that probably have heart disease standing there with their buggy trying to decide which freaking steak they're gonna buy they're out to here and, and they see me and they ain't seen me in 20 years and they go damn you look good what you doing <laughs> well hey bro let me tell you stop eating those steaks oh i can't do that okay well enjoy your freaking heart disease <laughs> what you want me to tell you you're being so quiet over here <laughs> this is rare for you <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, one thing that I really love about the way that you convey your message is how you inspire people and how you take this approach of what, like, you know, it really struck me because you went through your own journey and you pushed yourself and right. uh, to really, uh, you know, whether it be in, in running or in, in your health. Sure. And, you know, you use that as a catalyst to change uh, even like your family. Like you said, your sure. immediate family, like you were talking about, you know, like yeah. you're not so immediate family, like you have ghosted you and, and stuff like yeah. that. But your immediate family have transformed with you. Um, and it was, it was really, you know, and even what you were, what you were saying just now, like when people are like, yo, what you're doing? You're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I love so much. They were able to lead by example. Sure. You know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, like my, my family doesn't want me to be vegan. Like my family, this, my family, that, like, what do I do? And part of my answer is always like, yo, I, I think you got to lead by example. That's it. That's it. And this, and he's gone from, you got 44,000 followers, right? And you go, like that, yeah. and you started when I first met you a few months ago. How many? How many did you have? Seriously, uh, a couple thousand, something like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. This man has gone skyrocketed because his content is so full of inspiration. That is beautiful. So full, he's inspiring. Uh, he's leading others. And well, as a as a hunter, as a mm-hmm. fisherman, as a sportsman, sportsman paradise. That's our slogan in Louisiana, right? I understand the value of that continuum of learn one, do one, teach one. That's what this yeah. that's what the hunting community is all about. That's what right. the fishing community is all about. Learn one, do one, teach one, right? And so we're now, I feel like I'm now in the teach one phase. I'm in a, I'm in a place where I'm like able. I've done one. And a lot of people get they learn one and then they want to teach one and yeah. they want to skip the middle part. Yeah, that middle it. part is the only part that gives that's going to provide you the license you wish you had. Yeah, exactly. To convey the message you wish you could convey to the people you wish you could get to listen. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. Especially with what you said earlier. Um, you were saying, you know, the before and after pictures, it, ca- it catches people's attentions. And it's like, yeah, because you went through this entire thing and now people listen right. to you. It makes total sense. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they want to talk and they want to convey a message. But it's like, there's no hook or reason why people would listen to them. Um, and that's what that's what got, it got me thinking, too. I'm like, you know, what is what is my what is my story? What is my journey that I that can convey mm-hmm. to people that would like put me in a position where it's like you know people would want to listen to me yeah um because at the end of the day like as human beings you know we're animals and as animals evolutionary speaking we care about our survival reproduction we want things to like um make us better people we want things to benefit us uh and when you talk about your journey from your perspective it's so clear like even you talk about you know your family and, and even your friends the way that you talk to them is very clearly like hey this is something that could benefit you Right. Living the life that you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. profound, really. Exactly. So Start. what's 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 in the future for you, and what are you up to? My baby right now is, I'm I like being able to go and talk to people and do this type of thing. This is very new in my life, um, but since the book has come out, that has been happening more and more. What's the name of the book, by the way? For, uh, sick for people listening. Yeah, yeah, sick to fit. Sick. To fit from sick to, sick fit. to fit, and there's some tennis shoes stepping on some uh, pill capsules. Yeah, right. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I do too. I love it. Yeah. And and so, but that that has blossomed into a bunch of different things, though, because you know I mentioned Howard Jacobson, my partner earlier. He was co-author of the book Hole. If you haven't read it, it's I haven't like, read Hole, but I've heard Hole it. changed everything. Really? It changed everything. It really helped me zoom out. It really helped me adopt this naturally attainable quantity sort of mindset and this idea um there's just something about 
surrendering to being a system of systems, right? And and letting, like Dr. Campbell said, provide your body with a cornucopia. Yeah. Rather than trying to understand, oh, well, I need this many milligrams right. of this and this many milligrams and this many. No. Hit it all. Eat the rainbow. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so learning all of that and and uh, and from the book Whole, I was really enamored by Howard's writing style. And just so happened I had met Garth Davis at, at um, Health Fest one year and he put he, he put me in touch with Howie. And and that's how we got together. Wow. And so just through Facebook messaging and then eventually phone calls and then emails and then it was like, hey, I'm gonna write something. I'm gonna send me a manuscript or send it and he would just give me basically chapters to write. Give me homework, you know? Wow. He's been giving me homework ever since. But I love it. It's great. He's been helping me to grow this energy that I have inside of myself and point it in some way that can be useful besides just inspiration on the internet. Right. You know? So we've developed from the book uh, and those protocols that we talk about in the book, our WellStart Health platform. Um, and we've merged with uh, our friend in California, Olivia, and we founded this company, WellStartHealth.com. And so we now there's a bunch of actionables that I have for people. Wow, I can't. Great. I don't have to just talk. And then they take out their notebook and go, okay, now what you eat? Right? It's not that. They can, you can go, you can buy my book or you can have it for free. You can, you can go, <laughs> you know, go to Kindle and go download it for nothing. That's not really, this is about us trying to get the message out into the world and where the means exist for people to, to, to reciprocate and help support that, it'll happen. Right? Yeah. You know, in your story, just, uh, you know, I get it. You know, when I hear your when I hear stories like this, it makes me more aware of when people tell me your story, you know, is really changing the world. Because I I can see it in you, but I really can't see it in me. Oh, you you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. But you're I can't. Adorable. Well, thank you. <laughs> is see, she not? She is. Yeah, I love her. But I can't see the impression. I can't yeah. see the difference. You yeah, know, because no. I'm living it, right? right Just like exactly. you. And that's exactly. what I. That's what I resonate with you because I am watching you live this through every cell of your being, and it is so attractive to have a coon ass. <laughs> You know, boudin eating, crawfish eating, you know, ex-hunter fisherman, you know, now plant-based, you know, changing yeah. the world. Wow. That, must, that must have been why uh, Jane Velez Mitchell had me on as a vegan hunk. Did she? Hey, bro. I got, I got. When did she do I got this? some shit for that from my running friends. This was in 2015, I think, maybe. Something like that. Oh my God, she's on yeah, our board too. She's wild. She's wild. She's talk she's my about a ball. From another mother. Talk about a ball of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh huh. Man, yeah. and I want to ask you about that too, because one of the things that you talked about during your talk is uh, is your identity. Yeah. Um, and how your identity has changed. You know, both from say uh, someone who. Like one of the things that you said that, that I that I love, I noticed you're wearing a Saints cap and yeah, yeah. a Saints bag. Right, right. And you were talking about Sean Payton. Yeah. And how you know when you were running one of your first races, like at first, like what um, one time you found out that you know Sean had run it in a certain time and you were almost there and you're like, oh my god, I want I want to beat Coach and that's one of the things that changed within you. But also going from a hunter fisher like uh, you know growing up in that community to now being plant based. 
um, how has your identity just shifted in I guess all these different ways <laughs> like a massive question I but... feel like I'm I feel like I'm more of a hunter now than I ever have been in my entire life honestly wow. I feel I hunt all the time I hunt more than I ever that's did that's what Tommy says he I hunt more than I ever did I'm talking about with my running I am always hunting. I'm hunting better. I'm hunting that guy that I can barely see him, but I see that he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That means I'm getting closer. He's getting tired. I'm getting strong. I hunt all the time. I just don't kill anymore. And I think that's a more authentic hunt. Wow, yeah. When we talk about how hunting originated in the human species or whatever you, whatever, in the human being. Um, I think that's a more authentic thing to come home with nothing more often than not. That's hunting. Right. Go and get in your King Ranch four by four and drive to your box blind and yeah. get in the box blind with a heater and throw that thousand dollar scope crosshairs on that deer that came out to the feeder that you got set on a timer with a solar panel exactly. to sling corn twice a day. That's Dang. not hunting. That's just plain right? murdering. So. I hunt more, so I've just taken those, all those ethos, those feelings yeah. of loving nature yeah. and wanting to be part of nature. That is so true. I've taken all of that and just melted it and squished it together into my ultra running, especially when I'm out in the woods or on the side of a mountain somewhere or on a beach somewhere. I right? do that. Run 50. We ran, I ran in Destin, Florida uh-huh. uh, in February. Uh, 50 50 K on the beach in that white powdery sand in Destin. So it was 16 miles or 15 and a half out and then 15 and a half back. So so, so I've got this idea. Yeah. Okay, so what should me and Ryuji do first if we want to go do a marathon? Walk. Me and Ryuji, the two riding vegans should do do, something. Get the Couch to 5K app. Do what? Get the Couch to 5K. If this is legitimate answer yeah. to what I'm assuming is a legitimate question is, so I'm is. not going to be sarcastic no I don't want you to be I want you to right. tell me the truth so get the fo- couch to 5k app couch to 5k couch app. to 5k and it's going to introduce you to an idea called intervals that's all the couch to 5k does is it tells you walk until this beep and then jog very slightly until this next beep and then walk again right and so listen to that and 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 commit to a 5k forget about a marathon for right now oh no it doesn't work yeah, if you want to hurt yourself just, go right ahead i just i just but not, do a 5k okay just pick Makes up sense. and pick a 5k three months from now yeah. don't try and do one this weekend i always tend to you know yeah go from know. A to Z. yeah but don't do that i'm still okay. like that too <laughs> don't do that remember the whole middle part or like learn one do one. Do one. Yeah, then we can okay, teach we, it, right? So gotta, then, if you want to learn one, like... Reed, you can't you just see me and you out there, right. you know, like... Okay, <laughs> so, wait, you didn't hear the beep yet. You got to hear the beep. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn you about what you need to do. But then next, you got to do it, right? You got to learn me, too. You got to learn you. Yo, That's by great. the way, one thing that you said that really resonated with me, because I've, I've, I've been running a few times. Like, I've seen some friends run, and sure. so I've, I've been running with them. And but you hate running. I hate running. But you said that when you started running, you hated it. I forgot hated how you put it. it. Yeah. But you, hated you, it. But it was you, punishment. Right. So, but that, but that being the case, I thought you made a really good case for why running is, is an incredible thing to do. Sure. And actually, I totally understand that. 
but I still, I, like, I just don't like running. Which, like, I would never let that stop. I don't let that stop me ever. Yeah, so no, but that's like, not but, even a thing. Think about how unnatural that feeling is. I don't like running. Right? I don't like it. It hurts. It sucks. Why do we run? Let a lion start chasing you right now. How much are you going to like running then? You're going to love it. You're going to try and do it better than all three of us. Immediately. Right? So running is not something for you to like. It's something you already are. And if you want to be a better, authentic version of what you already are, run. That's a good point, man. I remember like when I was a wow. kid, I would play in the playground. I could run forever. Thank you. Yes. So I'm serious. You, we got to get the Couch Potato app. Is that what it is? Couch to 5K. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I'll make the couch That's today. Right. Couch to 5K. We out. have it recorded, I'm sure. <laughs> you can play it back. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So what else? What other... Um, I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking of, um, you know, what kind of tips could you give somebody like... Okay, I'm just thinking my husband told me because, you know, he went from, you know, the standard American diet yeah. uh, to eating the standard vegan diet. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Uh, you know, Boca Burgers, Gardein, yeah. uh, well, all that stuff. Well, there's levels to this, yeah. you know? And some people are, get satisfied with a, a lower level. Like, but we can pick. I think it's fun to pick the more boring food on purpose. To pick the more difficult to grab than... A fast food joint Vegan burger or something Food on purpose um, For my desire to, to level up To go one next level Like so Yes So what everyone else does this This way I'm not Like so So David Goggins Talks a lot about being uncommon Amongst uncommon men Yeah And that's exactly. what I want to do I'm already a vegan. I'm already plant-based. I'm already a weirdo when it comes to being from Louisiana. Right? So I'm in this uncommon group. But I want to be uncommon amongst them. Yeah. And your husband is there. He's a cattle rancher who flipped it. Yeah. But he's got to be he's got the opportunity to be not only the cattle rancher that flipped it, but also the cattle rancher that flipped it, went vegan, and he's on the cover of men's fitness showing his abs. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, huh? Tommy. Right? Leon, <laughs> he could do that. Right? But not with Boca Burgers. Not with Boca Burgers. <laughs> and not with those Beyond Meat sausages. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Man, get y'all some tempeh and some potatoes. We have tempeh. He loves potatoes, but you know what he likes to do? Fried and grease. Nah, that's pas bon, bro. Look out, that's Tommy. Pas bon. What do you call it? Pas bon. That pas means bon. not good. Pas bon. Pas bon. That's right. So No oil. No oil. We're going to start this, Tommy. I want you to make sure that you understand that. Especially uh, no fried stuff. Don't cook with oil for sure. I know. Because it changes do. it molecularly. It's, it's even worse. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's pas bon. <laughs> What do you have to say about this awesome, authentic coon ass gone vegan? I'm really inspired right now. Like real shit. Like no, like not even kidding. Like I'm really I know you are. With your, That's with why I talk. wanted to come. No, because like earlier on in my journey, personally, this was way before before I was vegan. I was always like, I love pushing myself. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I, I don't, like, I've never really pushed myself physically, but I love to push myself mentally or push right. myself like in the, in the craft that I do. Sure. Um, and that was always something I love to do. And I also, for a long period of my time in, in my life, I kind of, um, 
push myself into discomfort and mm-hmm. I learned to love that and I learned I learned to love oh, the gosh. fear and being uncomfortable that's why like for months and for months straight at some point I sh- I took cold showers every single day I only took cold showers um, because I wanted to push myself and love comfortable and I loved it it was it was incredible um, and then you know this like, do you know the, the expression the enemy of the of the best is the good or, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah 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 don't you let know? the in- don't let uh don't let yeah yeah don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good or something don't let yeah, the good be yeah. the yeah. enemy of the best the, yeah. the point the point is like you know something when, when like things are, when things are going the good best. you don't push yourself as much because there's no pressure right and I feel like that's kind of where I'm at in my journey where I'm like well things are going great in my life <laughs> like yeah th- things are things are taking off for me like everything's going good I'm kind of like meeting my goals oh, yeah etc cetera, etc cetera, and I get comfortable and then I stop pushing myself and I stop seeking that discomfort yeah. and I start seeking the only the because walking. it's an option only yeah. because it's an option if we were really the real authentic human animals that exist on this planet, like speckled trout exist in the Gulf and kangaroos exist in Australia, we wouldn't have that option. Yeah. We you would not have that option. Do. Yeah. Right? And so that's my, it's like, oh, I don't, like, what if I didn't have that option? Yeah. Right? That, so constantly passing my decisions through those prisms, picking the, through that picking prism. Picking the fruit that's hard right. to grab. Yeah. Grabbing and the with, food with, that's with hard us, to get. With, with yeah. humans, like, you know, the way that I learned it is that there's very little evolutionary pressure on us. Right. The, the reason that a lot of animals keep evolving, and, like, one point that you made that I thought was really interesting is that you don't see, like, overweight tigers in the wild. Right, right. You, yeah. They're just, they're just not there. Right. Like, we're the, basically the only, I forgot, who, was it you or someone else said, like, the only species of animals who are now overweight it's are Dr. human And the, all the animals cats. that we're in charge of. And our cats, like the animals and, that, and, so and our like, livestock. You know, um, but there's no... There's On purpose, no, we make them overweight. Yeah, and there's it's no crazy. evolutionary pressure. And I think that one way that I learned to rewire my brain in order to get better, and, and this is like what I'm getting out of this conversation and, right. and really meeting you, is really start seeing things differently. For example, just yesterday, I had the option to have a Beyond Burger from Carl's Jr. or a healthier meal. Right. And I was like, oh, I'll just have the Beyond Burger. Like, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of nice. Like, I just wanted to do it. Um, but now that I think about it, like, when you said earlier, like, yo, like, learn to love to pick the boring foods. Like, learn right. to, like, yes. Yeah. Because for me, the way that I think about that is I always like investing myself. I would, if I have the choice between two things, my logical mind kind of tells me, well, do the thing that's going to invest in your long-term well-being. Whatever's going to be better for you in the long-term, do that. Whatever with, like, the, the immediate pleasure thing. Like, like yeah. that's whatever, you know, like, let's pick what's going to be best for us in the future. And so now I'm, I'm saying it's time for you to go oil-free and be proud of it. It's time for me to start running. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, like, it, it's just because... <laughs> Like, I've never thought about it this way, but say you have the choice between, you know, eating something that's really healthy that might not be as satisfactory, like it doesn't taste as good like in the immediate mm-hmm. moment, but it's going to be way better for you in the future versus something that tastes maybe really good that you can really enjoy, but it's, it's not investing in yourself. It's not, you know, treating your body the way that you might want to treat it. I mean, it depends. Like everyone has different values, right? So right. do whatever you want. But I feel like at a certain point, the way that I started looking at it is, you know, before I would have started looking at it like, yo, I should do what's what's best for me. But then what if what it can feel like, and certainly for many people you talk about being the uncommon, with, uh, uncommon within the uncommon, is that commonly I feel like the way that's thought about is like, yo, but if you're not eating what tastes good, then you're just passing up pleasure. And that's the frame. Yeah. The frame is, why, like, why would you it's not true. want to do this? Because it's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it's, it's framing it as this yeah. thing that's a bad thing to actually do the right thing. Right. But when really the way that we should be looking at it is, hey, the uncomfortable choice 
is that's when I say I care. That is what's pleasurable. When I say I care, like when I say I care about a person or something, where's the lifting? What am I do? If I care, what am I actually doing? Where's the resistance that I'm meeting that I'm pushing against because I care about yeah. this thing? So in my mind, I care about heart disease. I honestly do. My grandmother died of it. I had no idea what caused it. I thought it was just genetic and she just died at 67 and damn, that sucks. Yeah, she was overweight, but you never know. It's all genetic. Right. You know, I, 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 you know I'd never really understood what was causing all of that. But now that I do, right, and I care about heart disease and I care about the message around heart disease to Louisianans and the people in my immediate vicinity, then my heavy lifting is in that moment between the the sand the the Carl's Jr. and a baked potato from Wendy's with a little mustard on it. Right? My heavy lifting is in those moments. Oh, am I grab a uh fried chicken from this gas station or fried chicken gizzards or whatever and or am I gonna grab you know some Laura bars or you know in those in and there's a ton of them so you don't have to win them all you can lose a lot of them and still have a wonderfully high average but if you think about that lifting for the stuff you say you care about in every single moment that you decide to put something in your mouth and start recording your wins and losses with the results that you experience in your life my god you set off to this this stratosphere you know that's perpetual growth and that's really what you know i mean we're designed to be the best of who we are i mean we really are designed we have the mind the the heart capacity the body the physiology we're to be the best of who we are destined to be we are pretty freaking spectacular and it's interesting that we have used that same mind to convince ourselves that we're not worth it yeah yeah it's, that we don't deserve it. That it's that like you were saying, like the, uh, you know, what's really the best thing is not really the best. There's something beyond the best, and that is the, the push. Yeah. That we don't even think. We don't even. We don't even realize that that pleasure is to be had more than one plate at a time. You know. Yeah. I, my every waking moment is, is pleasurable to me, in this life that I live. Is because I don't wake up a 420 pound man anymore every second of my life I feel lighter every second of my life I feel like I look better I feel stronger, more powerful every single millisecond of my entire life forget about pleasure on a plate I'm not Damn. interested in that that's child's play I'm talking about grown folk stuff you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. That takes discipline and patience. Yeah, though. bro. But that's what, you know, there's a part yeah. of me, I crave discipline. I crave Same, me too. that. You know? Yeah. Because it's it, there's something about the mechanism of discipline yeah. that really makes me feel blissful on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Same. When I really am able to push myself and, you know, you know it's crazy because I really understand what you're, what you're saying. And that happens when you're able to push yourself and be disciplined over a long period of time. Yeah, consistency. And consistency, exactly. 
and you know again commonly i feel like we grew up with this with this myth where that seems like the unpleasurable thing right and what seems pleasurable is like you said like say like oh eating something that tastes nice ice like cream instant instant gratification yeah. like let's do what feels good now yeah and the thing is that if you forego what feels good now to do the right thing to invest in yourself and to ultimately push yourself and be disciplined and consistent over time then your every day becomes so much more pleasurable than the pleasure you could have gone sure from. You, you, discipline and, and you also have to be forgiving as well because yeah. you had you know you didn't learn how to tie your shoes on the first rip you didn't learn how to walk God. the first time you stood up on your feet so so not taking the first time you fall down as a sign that you'll never get it done is very important 100%. so so while there's consistency that and discipline there's also patience involved yeah. and self-love involved yeah. right and we need to grow ourselves there this oh, is this is a process that it, we can't we can't go through a bulleted list and go oh what's the recipe for success here okay i'm gonna apply that and i should get the same thing no yeah. it's a lot uglier than that we got to deal with all the dark things we don't want to deal with in our life that drives us to seek a salve yeah. all of that stuff yeah. exactly you know and it's easy because we we are um given birthday cakes mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know wedding cakes all these sweets that were given as a uh, apple pie after dinner pumpkin pie at the, you know whatever all these dense you know heavy foods and that's supposed to make us feel good yeah when in reality it makes us feel terrible it but makes us feel good in the actual moment, moment but then the rest of everything yeah. when running is exactly the opposite you feel like crap in the moment <laughs> but the rest of, <laughs> but the rest of your life the rest of your life yeah. it just you feel whoa i'm floating it's is amazing i feel great i feel accomplished i feel powerful i feel fast i feel light i feel authentic I feel human. I'm going to get that Couch to Five app. Damn right. Couch to Five. Couch you know to what? 5K. We, we're, get, we're getting pretty close to, to having to wrap this thing up. You know that, right? Well, yeah, let's yeah, do good. it. Yeah. So, I just I just want to say, like, one um, one last thing that you were you were talking about. You know, one thing that, like, I studied a lot of success and a lot of su successful people. And one thing that stood out is that people persevere through failure. Yeah. And because people ask me a similar question, and, you know, you probably relate to this. I can tell from what you said is people ask me, like, hey, like, I want to start making videos or vlogs or whatever it is. Like, but I, but I can't seem to get started. And that yeah. was me, by the way, for a long time. I procrastinated for years. Yeah. And one thing that got me over the hump is that I accepted that I'm like, you know what? My first 100 videos I'm going to make are going to be really bad. Yep. <laughs> like, because I'm exactly. not going to be good at first. And that was a necessary step for me to go. And I Absolutely. always tell people, yo, you're going to suck at first. Accept it and then work up. But if you do work and you are consistent, man, like you will get really good at your craft. Do something, even if it's wrong. 100%. Well, we'll do just, something, even if it's strong. Get a result. The yep. sucking is part of the directions. <laughs> yeah. It's got to suck first. Yeah. I mean, you ain't going to get perfect the first time. Nah. No. So, yeah, man. Thank you so much for, Thanks for having being me. on the podcast. Loved Thank you it. so much for being here. Um, I feel inspired. I hope you, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now feel inspired. So I um, just want to close with if this podcast inspired you to do anything, whether it be eat healthier, running, um, or both these things, or more things, or other things that you want to do in your life, um, go do them because, you know, at the end of the day, we got to take action. And if you don't take action, then all this is just a waste of time. So anyways, go do your thing. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to our wonderful uh, listeners. And uh, I, hmm, who, who are we? What? Who, who, who are... Who's who? Us. Who are we? We're the two... Rowdiest... Vegans. vegans. <laughs> two, two, two rowdy vegans. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. Two, two, 
Too rowdy begins. Two, two, too rowdy begins. Two, two rowdy begins. One plus one equals two rowdy begins. All right, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Two Rowdy Vegans podcast. We appreciate it so very much. Episodes come out every Friday as usual. And, uh, you know, hope you feel inspired. Hope you feel inspired. And uh, as always, we'll see you next week. Oh, and also, if you want to subscribe to our podcast or leave us a little review, that would mean the world to us. And also feedback. You know, we were always seeking feedback. Uh, We started getting feedback here and there. uh, People who like the podcast. But if you could let us know, you know, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see um etc etc you know you just your thoughts like we would love to hear your thoughts uh and uh, you can message us on instagram or uh, you know just find 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 a way to get in touch with us you know make it happen and uh, we would love love to hear from you in any case again have an incredible rest of your day rest of your week whatever it is we'll talk to you next week take care